TV. Big news today, a federal judge has declared Obamacare unconstitutional. What does it all mean? That's coming up. You know that in addition to Andrew McCabe, there were other FBI agents present at the Michael Flynn interview where he allegedly lied to investigators. You know, two of those agents actually said after the meeting that they did not believe that Flynn was lying. And this is going to blow your mind. You know who one of them is? Peter Strzok. Peter Strzok was there. Yes, pro-Hillary, anti-Trump, 100 million to one, Hillary's going to win. Peter Strzok was at the Flynn interview. He says, I didn't think that Flynn was lying, and I certainly don't think that Flynn thought that he himself was lying. Unbelievable. That's coming up as well. Okay, Obamacare is has been declared unconstitutional. Now, this judge, Reed O'Connor, was appointed by George W. Bush. So, so much for Chief Justice Roberts and his theory that judges don't rule based on their own personal beliefs. But, you know, here's what this ruling means. He's saying that this is unconstitutional because the government cannot force people. It is an infringement on our rights to be forced by the government to join health care. Now, Everybody's wondering, well, didn't the Supreme Court already rule on this? The Supreme Court said that this is considered a tax. So what has suddenly changed? Great question. And here's the answer. The Republicans, this was really their strategy all along, many believe, because you'll recall the Republicans, as part of the tax cut, they re- they repealed the individual mandate. They didn't repeal all of Obamacare as they promised they would, but they did repeal the individual mandate, which means that uh, we are no longer forced to enroll in a health care plan and and we are no longer penalized if we don't enroll in health care. That was a big part of Obamacare because that's how they get the money to be able to fund the Obamacare plans for the low-income people. So that was repealed. Now, you're wondering if that was repealed, then there is no mandate anymore and they're not forcing us. So how is it unconstitutional? Here's the answer. They only repealed the penalty. They didn't repeal the individual mandate itself. In other words, technically, we're still all forced to join a health care plan, but there's no penalty. There's no tax, as they call it. There is no financial penalty if you don't join a health care plan. So what does it mean? It's pretty much meaningless. The reason they did it is for technical reasons. It has to do with what they call reconciliation. And without going into the mundane, tedious details, uh, the Senate needs 60 votes to avoid a filibuster. So the only way they could get this through was if it, if somehow it's financially related. So basically, they could only repeal by the, by the rules of the Senate. Since they didn't have 60 votes for the tax cuts, they could only repeal the penalty part, but they could not repeal the actual technical mandate. So that gets into a very interesting situation because you'll recall Obamacare, the reason it's considered constitutional. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts went with the liberals on the court, ruling it constitutional, even though it's forcing us to have health care coverage. The reason is because he called it a tax. He said it's not technically forcing, it's a tax. If you don't pay, then the government will tax you. But it's not actually forcing people. It just it gives them an option. You can choose to have coverage or you can pay a penalty. Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts said that's a tax. What they're doing is they're taxing you. The problem is now that the Republicans got rid of the financial penalty, you're left with the mandate without the tax part. So in other words, the whole thing that makes it constitutional, according to Roberts's own logic, is the tax part, the penalty part, and that is gone now. You can't call it a tax anymore. So you have the mandate, which forces people to have health care coverage. That part is still in the law. It's actually pretty fascinating. Now, people, a lot of Democrats are saying this is not going to be upheld by the Supreme Court. And look, 
this judge, he did not uh, issue an injunction. So he did not actually stop Obamacare immediately. In other words, it's still going. Obamacare is still fully intact. He just says it's unconstitutional. And obviously, this is going to be appealed by the Democrats. So right now, everything remains status quo. Why do I feel like the the Democrat judges are always uh, issuing injunctions against Trump every time they think his policy is unconstitutional, like his rescinding of DACA and his travel ban, but somehow this. And I understand that it would be total mayhem if if they did issue this injunction and put a stop to Obamacare right now. So I get that, but somehow it feels like in the other direction when it's anti-Trump, there's always an injunction. But either way, right now it's fully intact. And here's what they're saying. There are two parts to this. Part number one is that the mandate is unconstitutional. Part number two is therefore he struck down the entire law. So a lot of legal scholars are saying that they can't strike down the entire law over this, even though the mandate is an integral part of the Obamacare law. They're saying you have to look at the Republicans' intent, when the Republicans in the Senate, when they repealed the individual mandate, what was their intent? They're saying that their intent was they wanted Obamacare to remain partially intact. They just wanted to get rid of the mandate. And I guess the proof of that is they kept trying to repeal Obamacare, and the Senate, the Republicans in the Senate kept failing to repeal the full Obamacare. Even this, they didn't want to do until it became part of the tax cuts. Now, to me, that's a very difficult sell, telling me that we read their minds and get back to old intent, right? Somehow, Democrats, they're always falling back on intent whenever they want something to be done their way, and it's ruled in the other direction. It's always, well, we'll look at their intent. But the fact is, everyone had different intent here. A lot of Republicans in Congress wanted to repeal Obamacare fully. They just could not get a majority. So you had the few moderates who this is all that they would go for, all that they would agree to. So how do you say intent when there's 50-something senators and each one has different intent? So we're going to keep an eye. But that was the ruling. The ruling is that without the financial penalty, all you have left is the mandate itself. The mandate itself is unconstitutional because the government cannot force us. We do have freedoms. We do have some rights left here based on the Constitution, and the government cannot force people to enroll in health care coverage. So this may take months, if not years, to go through the court system, the appeal system, before it gets to the Supreme Court, but it will be fascinating to keep an eye on. Now, ironically, a lot of Democrats feel that President Trump is trying to collapse the Obamacare system. And what's interesting is Trump has done everything he could to help rescue Obamacare. But they're so twisted, the media and the Democrats, the way they they view this, their prism that they see it through is so backward. And like they, they don't get it because here's what Trump would have done. If he wanted to collapse Obamacare, it was collapsing without Trump. And the reason is because it's unsustainable, because premiums were rising so high and the people people simply could not afford to remain in, in, in Obamacare. It wasn't able to fund itself because of the Medicaid expansion and all these subsidized plans uh, that that the middle class has been paying for with the Obamacare penalty uh, and with these super high premiums. So what has Trump done? And the Democrats are upset about this. Trump has actually reduced the amount of enrollments in Obamacare. Number one, he got rid of a lot of the advertising and promotional campaigns. Number two, uh, Trump has made it possible for insurance companies to offer alternative options, much cheaper options, short-term options, and uh, he's made it. He's made there be uh, actual affordable options and cheaper options. Maybe they not, they don't cover uh, as much. But for a lot of healthy young people, it's a great option. So therefore, there are fewer people enrolling in Obamacare plans because these are technically out of the realm of Obamacare, although they're fully legal within uh, the Obamacare law. 
Furthermore, uh, President Trump took away the individual mandate. So a lot of people say they prefer not to have coverage than to spend an enormous amount of money uh, for, for health care coverage. So Trump has made it that the system actually now is sustainable because it, it simply doesn't cost as much to run it because there are fewer people enrolling. So a, a lot of Democrats say, well, look what Trump's doing. He's ruining Obamacare because not as many people enroll. When fewer people enroll, that helps the system. It's all the people enrolling in Obamacare that the system and the country could not afford. That was collapsing the system. You know, so they're looking there and say, we want to cover as many people as possible. That's how they view this. They say, let the government pay for or let the middle class redistribute the wealth. Let the middle class pay for as many people as possible enrolled in Obamacare. And that's a successful system. And they completely ignore the repercussions and the fact that they're bankrupting the country with the outrageous cost. Trump walked in and he said, no, I have an idea. Let's actually let's stop squeezing people. Let's offer people alternative options. There'll be fewer people enrolled in Obamacare and Obamacare can actually last much longer that way. And yet even Obama has spoken out against what President Trump has done. His policies have literally rescued Obamacare. Fascinating stuff. Okay, bombshell op-ed. We're going to get to the Michael Flynn stuff later on. Bombshell op-ed in the Washington Post. The Washington Post is saying to Schumer and Pelosi, give President Trump his wall. This is the editorial board of the Washington Post. Normally very liberal. They say this is your opportunity to help your own constituents, Pelosi and Schumer, what are you doing? You're so stubborn, to paraphrase them, you're so stubborn refusing to give Trump a few bucks for a wall that you're actually sabotaging your own voters. So here's what they say. They say that they should swallow the wall. They know it's not pleasant to give Trump his wall, but they should swallow it because they can get Trump is willing to give so much in return, including a deal for over a million illegals, dreamers, to remain here. And yet Schumer and Pelosi won't give him literally a few dollars, a tiny, tiny, minuscule amount. I know it doesn't seem that way, but compared to the overall budget. So here's, a, here's some quotes here from this op-ed piece. Quote, striking a deal, not op-ed, it's an editorial, which means it's from the, uh, the, the Washington Post themselves, not a columnist. And uh, as I said, super liberal. Quote, striking a deal that achieves that outcome, meaning over a million illegals would be declared legal by Trump, should be a no-brainer for both sides. If it means a few billion dollars to construct, construct segments of Trump's wall, Democrats should be able to swallow that with the knowledge that it also will have paid to safeguard so many young lives, careers, and hopes. And they say that Democrats themselves have supported tougher border barriers in the past. And the Washington Post responds, Nancy Pelosi says it's immoral to build a wall. Here's a quote from the Washington Post. The wall, as Mr. Trump imagines it, may be wasteful overkill, but it's a stretch to frame it as a moral issue, as Ms. Pelosi does. That's a quote from the Washington Post. Unbelievable. So they are saying that this is a chance for Schumer and Pelosi to get Trump so many concessions on illegals, on dreamers, on DACA, and on immigration reform, and yet they're stubbornly refusing to give him a few dollars for his wall and calling it a moral issue. You know, Schumer on Sunday today, he said President Trump is having a temper tantrum and he's going to be responsible for the shutdown. Schumer, by the way, you read between the lines here, he's panicking because he knows that a shutdown will do severe damage to him and his party here as they try to take over control of the House. He's in the Senate. But it's still a big moment for the Democrats. And the reason he's speaking so fiercely against this thing is he's really panicking. A shutdown could potentially, I, I, I can't say for sure, because the media has this way of brainwashing the public and blaming Trump. 
But Schumer realizes that this could re- very, very severely backfire, which is exactly what happened when they had a shutdown a year ago. It was the Schumer shutdown. So here's the Washington Post. The Washington Post is saying, what are you doing, Schumer and Pelosi? You know, why don't you just give it, give Trump his wall? You can get so much back in return. And they're, as usual, they are throwing their own voters, their own supporters under the bus because they simply cannot and refuse to give President Trump a win on the wall and actually help him fulfill a campaign promise. Now, there are two reasons. Of course, the, the simple, most basic reason that they won't give Trump his wall is because they cannot give him this win. They view the wall as like his signature campaign promise and conceding to him on this, they view as just a completely ego-crushing maneuver. But in addition to that, one of the biggest reasons they don't want a wall is because it would eliminate their biggest recruitment tool to have new Democrats join the party. People come to the country illegally. They have children. Those children are legal because President Trump has not yet been able to eliminate birthright citizenship, so they, they their children become citizens automatically. And guess what party those children join? Illegals have kids. Those kids become Democrats. Those kids sponsor other illegals into the country. They become citizens. They become Democrats. Now you have San Francisco, where you don't even have to be a legal immigrant uh, to vote, and you, you, you bet that that's going to spread to other sanctuary cities. So Democrat voters, one of the biggest recruitment sources for Democrat voters is illegals crossing the border and a wall would actually threaten that. Rush Limbaugh made this point the other day and it's a great point. So they right now are terrified of losing hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of potential Democrat voters if President Trump gets his wall. You know, so here you have Schumer completely panicking. He's completely going berserk, worried that Trump's actually going to follow through. Now, here's what the Republicans need to do. They need to keep saying over and over again, Schumer shut down, Schumer shut down. Trump is so great with his tweets. He's great with his nicknames. He's need, he needs to tweet every single day. This is the Schumer shutdown, the Schumer shutdown, and start Stop playing defense, start playing offense, and don't say, well, I'll take this heat on me. This is my shutdown because Trump deserves the wall. He has earned the wall, and Schumer and Pelosi are the only things standing in the way. We'll keep an eye. December 21st is when the government is set to shut down. A fourth Hezbollah tunnel has been discovered, of course, going from uh, Lebanon into Israel. Where's the UN? The UN, they're the ones supposed to be doing this. But instead, of course, the Israelis, the IDF, are the ones left all alone to do this work to defend Israel. And it's terrifying, as the Israeli government officials have said. Imagine a tunnel that literally is being built by terrorists heading directly toward villages where innocent people live, where people's families are. Imagine Chas V'Shalom living in a village, living in a town, and having tunnels that directly lead into your town because people want to do you harm, because terrorists want to commit terror attacks in your own neighborhood. Well, this is the reality, and yet nobody's doing anything about it other than the Israeli uh, military. They, they believe that there are many, many other tunnels, and of course they are going through and discovering them one at a time. We'll keep an eye on Operation Northern Shield. Follow us on Twitter. At the politics zone, you get politics updates throughout the day. Now, you can do this by text message. If you text to the number 40404, that's Twitter, text follow space at symbol the politics zone, and you can check this show out in podcast format, thepassionateconservative.com. Now, many of you have asked me to discuss the new New York State rules, guidelines that are trying to force yeshivas to increase the amount of secular education to outrageous amounts, six and seven hours a day, and put these in, these incredibly uh, difficult 
um, guidelines in place to, for secular education. It's it's completely outrageous. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of buzz about it. A lot of people are talking about it. A lot of G'daylam have spoken out uh, against this ruling and are trying to get this thing overturned. We're going to hopefully give you a full report on this in the next few days. All right. Big news in the Michael Flynn case. The judge in the Michael Flynn case uh, has ordered the, what's his name, Emmett Sullivan, has, who's been, who was appointed by Reagan, Bush, but, but appointed to the federal court by Bill Clinton, as a matter of fact. And he says that the FBI should, to, so, all right, we'll give that one to Chief Justice Roberts, although he hasn't ruled anything. He's just asked to actually see the interview memo of the Flynn interview. And the reason is because everything about this Flynn case is so outrageous. Now, this judge may toss out the case. Flynn has pled guilty to lying to investigators, but he did it under enormous duress. He did it to save his family from bankruptcy and to save his son from having major legal troubles because Mueller put the squeeze on. And here's what they did. They told Michael Flynn that he shouldn't have a lawyer there at the meeting because then they'd have to get the Justice Department involved, and that that would just create such a major headache for everybody. Just agree to not have a lawyer. We'll just have this meeting, you know, a little friendly meeting between us. They led Flynn to believe that they were his allies. They did not warn him that it was a crime to lie to them as investigators because they wanted him to be relaxed and to let his guard down. And as we told you, Peter Strzok and one other agent actually said, we don't think that he was lying. And even if he was lying, he certainly didn't feel like he was lying. You know, he made, he, he made an honest mistake. That's what Peter Strzok, I mean, Peter Strzok is as anti-Trump as a person could possibly be. We know it from his own text messages. Alan Dershowitz, he says... Flynn may have lied to investigators, but he says that doesn't prove his guilt, and he says that it, the FBI acted inappropriately. Here are some astounding quotes from Alan Dershowitz. Quote, does the fact that Flynn pleaded guilty prove that he's guilty? Absolutely not. He pleaded guilty because of the enormous pressure on him, even though I think he could have won the case. But he said it simply, he, he would have had to spend so many millions of dollars to win the case that it simply wasn't worth it. It was a much simpler option to protect his family to plead guilty and cooperate. Here's the next quote from Alan Dershowitz. Quote, it's not a proper function of law enforcement or a grand jury to ask you a question that they know the answer to. Their function is to get new information. If they already know the answer and ask you the question is for one purpose only, to test your morality, to test your truthfulness, end quote. So Dershowitz saying there that they're not supposed to trap you into lying. In other words, the FBI agents knew they had wiretapped conversations between Flynn and Kislyak, the Russian ambassador. They already knew what the conversations were about. They already knew what Flynn said. So why are they saying to Flynn, what did you tell Kislyak? What did he tell you? What did you discuss? There's only one reason. It's not to gather information. It's to it's to trap him into lying, to trick him into lying. Now, what Dershowitz is saying is very simple. That's not their job. They're investigators. They're not there to try to trap people. Then It's not a sting operation. That's not what they're supposed to be doing, especially not with a decorated war hero, 30-year veteran of the military. You know, so it's clear that their, their shenanigans here were designed to try to sabotage Flynn and in the process try to bring President Trump down. Here's another quote from Dershowitz. The FBI should not be sending people in telling you not to have counsel and hope maybe you'll commit a crime so they can squeeze you and get you to sing or compose. That's not the American law and the way American law enforcement should operate. And he says that civil libertarians should be concerned about these tactics by law enforcement, which, of course, was Judge Ellis's uh, criticism of Mueller during the Paul Manafort trial. And the final quote here, what Mueller is doing is trying to find low hanging fruit 
figure out every way to get them to commit a crime. It's their fault they commit the crime and then squeeze them so they'll sing or compose. Welcome to how special counsels operate. All right, that's going to do it for today. It's been a lot of fun today. Exciting stuff going on, and we will see you next time.